I think it's time to check in on your task manager situation. Okay. I always think it's funny when someone talks on a podcast or writes an article about a new behavior that they have started doing and absolutely fallen in love with. And then that's kind of the the last thing that you hear from them about it, because I always I always wonder how sticky they are to begin with. And we talked a long time ago about you moving away from digital tasks to written tasks, and you've kept that going. I wanted to do a real check in and see if you are still sticking to your pen and paper task management system. It's going well. And I, I think I've reached the state at which I've started evangelizing for it. You know how those there's these different states. <laughs> you, you get introduced to a tool, you figure out how it works, you realize it works for you, you write an article or talk about it on a podcast about how great it is, uh, you kind of have a lull period where you're not real sure if that was the right thing to do, then you realize it was, and then you start telling everybody that that's what they need to do. I think I'm trying to tell everyone I run into that asks me anything about a task manager that they need to, to be doing it on paper, so... <laughs> Sorry if you're one of those people. I, I I will continue saying it most likely. That's cool that it's still working for you. Have have you made any modifications to your system or is it pretty much the same as you last described? Uh it's changed a little bit. I'm a perpetual fiddler, I think. That's just the way I am. You remember I did the the bar chart thing mm -hmm. where I have a category, this was essentially your idea, this time activity bank where these are activities I want to do every week. And I created a a list of these activities, and then I give each of them a, a bar that I then fill in at the end of the day or the, the following morning as to how many hours I put into each of those activities. And some of them are my client projects, some of them are time with my girls, et cetera, et cetera. And that has proved to be enlightening, uh, horrifying, interesting, challenging. There's lots of emotions that go with that uh, because it will show you the areas where you thought you were spending a lot of time and aren't mm -hmm. or areas where you didn't think you were spending a whole lot of time and you are. So it's it's interesting how that translates into somewhat of a, a, a time tracking sort of thing while at the same time helping me kind of get a feel for what it is I should be doing each day. It's it's worked out kind of in an interesting dynamic way of, of seeing what's going on. So I have continued doing that. I will continue doing that particular piece. Uh, something I've added to it, there are a few things that I do in a week that don't warrant uh, a full bar, if you will. Like it, It's not things like a weekly review or like an admin checklist that I want to run through every week. I don't really want to spend a certain amount of time on it or set a time cap on it, but it needs to get done sometime in that week. And I, I need to keep an eye on whether or not I've done it, like writing my email newsletter. Like those are the things that I want to make sure I get done in a week. So I just put a checkbox on the weekly side of this underneath those bars just to make sure I don't lose track of them because I lose track of them, Drew. Yeah, I do. Is that not a big problem for you with pen and paper in general is not being able to take a look at it whenever you want to. I feel like that's something that many people feel like would be a big piece of friction for pen and paper. And I'm not necessarily saying that I'm agreeing with that, but I'm just curious. Do you find that you often forget what you've written down and have to refer to it? Or does it just feel sticky enough to you that that's not a major issue? That's a good question, because this is one of the, the things that comes up a fair amount whenever people tell me I'm crazy for recommending a notebook. Mm -hmm. So, well, what if you need to know the things that you've got to do 
and you don't have your notebook around? Like that's the number one question I get. And it's never been a problem. Like the, the number of scenarios where I'm in a place and I don't know what I should be working on and need to be working on something, like those are very rare instances if they ever exist. I'm not entirely certain that they truly exist. And I say that because whenever I'm going through this list of time activities out of this bank that you've graciously given me, when I'm going through that and I'm running through my my project list or the, the task list that I've got in there, I'll write down the two or three things that I absolutely have to get done that day or maybe the five. Yeah. But the the fact that I'm going through those lists and picking those pieces out every morning, you know, I... I know, like, I haven't looked at those lists at all today. You know, there's there's a good example. I've not looked at my notebook since uh, probably about six hours ago. And I know what's on that list of things I have to get done today. I know that I'm through those. And I know that if I have those things done, I can continue working on other pieces of my projects with zero hesitation because I know what what those pieces are. Just because I've looked at them enough and... To be honest with you, if I have so many things going on that I can't recall the little three or four things I've got to do today, if I can't recall that because there's so much stuff going on, you got to say no to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that that's kind of where I land on it is that it's overcomplicated, I think, when people say they need to see those lists. But at the same time, the list that I might want to see at any given moment, like a someday maybe of sorts, where what's on my book list or... You know, what are some of the household projects that I have coming up in the next few months and there's a sale going on at the big box store? Like those sorts of things I keep on a digital storage in bear. So I do keep those someday maybe lists, those lo- those cold storage projects and tasks. I am keeping those in digital. And I think those are maybe the pieces that people tend to refer to. But when it's you're talking about the projects you're actively working on and the tasks you're actually doing day to day, I don't think that applies. I, I just, I don't. Maybe that's just my memory being good. I don't know. But that's that's not an issue that I've dealt with. I don't think that I necessarily would say that it's an issue I've dealt with either. So I'm in agreement. But I was just curious to know if you felt, felt one way or the other. I, I think that there is something interesting that has happened because we have our phones on us all the time where we think that it is easier for us to pick up our phone and put something down or, or look something up than it would be to do the same thing in in a physical notebook. But I actually wonder if that's the truth. And I I wonder that because of all of the crazy distractions that come along with having a phone. I've seen my wife do it many, many times. And I know that I do it often, but she'll pick up her phone to do something and then get totally distracted and sucked into a text message that she hadn't seen. Or the one that's the worst for me that has made me like actively distance myself from Twitter is when they changed the Twitter search tab. And every time that I go and try to search something on Twitter, which I do all the time, I am actively distracted by 10 different stories that are all intentionally written and created to pull me in and and get my attention away from me. So because of that crazy amount of diversity that comes from the experience of picking up your phone, I don't know if that's the best most obvious, least friction-y way of writing things down or looking things up. It just, it doesn't really seem like it. And I mean, how often have you picked up your notebook and got distracted by another note? I mean, that's like never going to happen. Right. So as long as you have it on you, you're totally fine. 
and it's all going to work out well, right? It has been so far. <laughs> and even when I don't have it around, it's it's really not it's not a problem. It's just not. <laughs> so, again, you would think it would be that it's not around. I can't go look at these things, but it's it's not like I'm working from a list all day anyway. And if I'm not working from a list, I don't need the list in front of me. Maybe I'm oversimplifying it. I don't know. It's But this is something that you hear from people, isn't it? Yes, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear this from folks a lot. Like, what do you do if you leave your notebook somewhere? My response is I go to work. I'm pretty sure I heard a little bit of annoyance in your tone there. A little bit. Yeah, there's... <laughs> I hear this a lot because and it's partially because I'm the one picking the fight sometimes. <laughs> there there are folks who like, well, I can't get this to work in in such and such task manager. Say it's things and I'm like, well, you know, a notebook, you don't have that problem. The typical response you get from that is, well, I need things on me all the time. I can't be carrying a notebook with me everywhere you need to go. And I, I always wonder, well, what is it that you have to have in your pocket at all times and can't recall in that moment? Like the number of times when I was in OmniFocus world that I needed to pull up OmniFocus in order to see the the projects that I have going on, like that's that's not real common, at least not for me. I don't have that many projects going on and I feel like I've got 25 or 30 going on at any time. So I just don't see, I don't see it. So yes, there's a little bit of annoyance. Maybe that's just <laughs> me looking to pick a fight over. I don't know. I think that's an interesting point. And I, I think the conceit there is the reality of how much time you actually spend getting distracted versus how much time you spend actually getting stuff done. You told me about a trick a long time ago, and I've never made it second nature habit, but I, I found myself doing it quite often, which is you, you told me that you set up your phone so that right before you lock it, you have drafts open. Do you still do that? Yes, it's still a habit. So I'll right before I lock the, the screen, I tap the drafts icon, no matter what it is I've been doing. And that is so smart because that's a great way of getting around what I'm talking about. You still have to get past the, the lock screen notifications. But once you've gotten past those, you're you're right into a writing environment. And that's pretty cool. But I mean, you are a rarity for doing that in the first place. I feel like most people are going to get sucked up in the depths of whatever distracts them way before they get to writing the note down or looking the thing up. And yeah, I mean, I just feel like that's a bit bit different from a notebook. The, the thing that I find myself doing, because I, I still love a digital task manager, I have still been enjoying writing morning pages. I, I get a great deal of enjoyment and, and goodness out of pen and paper, but I really love things. Things has been working really well for me. It fits my brain, so I'm um, I'm good, one and done. But the thing that I I do, and I still find myself doing, no matter how deeply entrenched I get in the task manager, and I have talked slightly about this before, but I have the impulse to write down the day's tasks on paper. Like yesterday, I had maybe five or six important things to do. They weren't that big of a deal. A couple of them were big projects. Two of them were little things. Send send an email, send a message back, da-da-da-da-da. And then a couple of them were even like home projects. Like, oh, I need to do this. Don't forget to do this. And most of that was in things. A couple of those items weren't. And instead of adding them to a things list, I had almost a need, a definite compulsion to pick up a real piece of paper and write it down on my desk. It's the same thing that makes me want to write on a whiteboard or on my glass windows. But there's something that feels immediate and urgent about pen and paper that 
I never get from any digital task manager. Does that make sense to you? I think there's something about, even with drafts, there's the fact that you have to type on a screen. It doesn't matter if you're putting it in a task manager. It doesn't matter if you're putting it in, in the notes app, in drafts, in bear, Ulysses, you name it. It doesn't matter what what you're putting it in. You're always typing something. And because you don't have to type and you don't have to create lines of text with, say, a piece of paper. You can draw pictures. You can draw lines around it. You can put check boxes on it if you want. You can put dashes. You can put stars. You can do whatever you want. And the lack of a defined way to enter that information is somehow freeing. And the number of, say, ad hoc lists that I've created since going to the analog world has gone up significantly. And my mental clarity around things has has gone up significantly as well. And my stress around projects has gone down. And I, I kind of attribute that to just the freedom of being able to write and spell out whatever I want in whatever form I want without needing to, say, hit enter to get a new task and type it in and make sure I've got it tagged and categorized correctly. That's all out the window. It doesn't matter. I don't have to think about that. It's not in the back of my mind bugging me as I'm writing down the list. I would venture to say there's something like that going on with what you're describing. At least that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I think that might be true is just having the restraints kind of blown away makes me feel a bit more like I'm cutting right to what I'm trying to get done. I'm never doing anything that crazy. I'm not like making a mind map or making an illustrated task list or anything. It just is literally a nice bare bones list of got to do this, 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 this. And I, I mean, I feel like even part of it comes from not only the physicality of it, but no, maybe it comes from the physicality of it is what I mean. Like part of it is the difference between the kind of insignificant, very normal feeling that I get from just typing on a screen, which I do all day and I do for many, many different reasons. And the very specific feeling of pulling up a fresh piece of paper and writing a list line by line by line, like that feels different to me. And because it feels different, it gets me in a different state of mind or a, a different kind of mindset that I can move on from, from there. Do you feel like it gives you a break from We've talked about before with going from place to place, desk to desk, having different workspaces. But my experience has been that that also works with the tools that you're using, like moving from tool to tool. Is that at work here? I mean, it sounds like you're moving from paper to screens and back and forth. You know what? That probably is part of it. I am sitting in front of a screen for a long time doing a bunch of tasks, and I need a break from that screen so that I can get back to a different kind of work on that same screen. Yeah. I think what I'm trying to say, too, is that on days when everything is pretty orderly, I have no impulse to do that. And I'm totally fine working from things. And that's, I've done that today. I, I do that almost every day. But on days where I feel a little scattered, I feel like maybe that is exactly what I'm doing is trying to get myself out of the screen world into something different. So then I can kind of pull a mental shift on myself. And I'd never really known what I was doing, but I just felt that urge of, okay, I need to find my notebook and write a task list out right now, or I'm going to go nuts. I did that the other day with a new potential project that I had at the time. It's now become an actual project and is almost done, but it was a potential 
and it was a fun and a new idea and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. It's like, oh, well, I could do this and I could use these frameworks and I could, could, yes, the list went on and on. But until I had a chance to actually write the thing down, it was just going to drive me mental. That makes sense. Kind of speaking to that feeling that I was just talking about where you feel a bit distracted when you're picking up a phone, you linked me to something that I had already seen and in fact put in my little show notes for this episode, which is the new Light Phone. Yes. This is the Light Phone 2. The first Light Phone was very much like a 2016 or whenever it came out version of a dumb phone. It was super simple. You could make calls on it, call it good. And this thing is a bit more complex, but still keeps a lot of the simplicity of it. So what what made you interested in this thing? If I understand it right, the first light phone was a standalone, like that became your primary phone, if I follow that correctly. What intrigues me about light phone 2 is the fact that it uses your same number. It's not a replacement, it's on top of. And it means that I can maintain say my iPhone 10 and then nights and weekends shut it down and use this light phone such that I don't have the distractions but people can still call me and text me like that is the the core of what that phone can do but it still uses my same number I think that that isn't necessarily always true I think that there's a feature that some carriers now support where you can have a duplicate sim and if you have that duplicate sim functionality you can do that. And that is, I mean, that's a totally different concept, right? Yeah. If you had to ditch your iPhone entirely to have this thing, you're probably not going to do it. And the majority of people aren't going to do it. But if you could have that iPhone, but it's just sitting at a desk somewhere and you go off to the beach or off for a walk or even a vacation and you take your light phone with you, I mean, that's a pretty cool idea as long as you can still get texts and phone calls and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love it. I think it, let me see, it says you can forward your calls to the light phone to leave an auto reply message on your smartphone, or if your carrier supports it, get a duplicate SIM. So there's a few ways that they're suggesting you do that. But I feel like even the way that they're talking about it, yeah. they're saying, hey, 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 there are certain situations where you're going to want your iPhone and there are certain situations where you're going to want your light phone and plan accordingly, which is a, a great idea. I think it's really neat. Yes. And I think that's why I was so interested in it. Just because how many times have we talked about like taking breaks and and absence and getting away from things? I'm kind of, you know, beating that drum (laughs) almost every episode, it seems. That's a thing that I'm I'm thoroughly intrigued by. And that's what led me to being so interested in this thing. And it looks cool, too. I mean, that's definitely a plus for sure. It's really pretty. It has um, an e-ink display and it comes in white and black. And the display is basically seamlessly integrated into the the front of the the device and all of the screens are really minimalistic it has who's calling answer or don't answer keypad the mock-ups kind of remind me of the old zune layout which is a massive compliment because the zune was great but basically it is a phone it is an alarm it is a text messaging device end they might add a couple of other features like maps They might not. And I love that they're even kind of hedging their bets there and saying, we want to keep this thing simple. If it makes sense to do other things like have music and have a calculator and have directions, then we'll add it. But if it doesn't, we're not going to add it. And 
there will never be social media on this thing. There will never be email on this thing. There will never be news on this thing. This is your light phone. And that's really cool to me. It's a it's a very appealing idea. I hope they don't do like the maps and music thing with it. Because that was, that was one of the first comments I saw on the campaign was, this has to have Spotify <laughs> on it. This isn't even worth pursuing if it doesn't have Spotify on it. I'm like, really? Like, you're showing interest in a light phone that is designed to be dumbed down and you want to make sure it has music on it. Like that to me that doesn't compute, but maybe I'm just oversimplifying it or buying into the idea too far right away. It fits with what you've talked about before, which is the way that we have messed up in our desire to constantly distract ourselves. And a light phone, this thing should not do anything that takes you out of the world unnecessarily. Right. So a phone call, a text message, an alarm, those are all things that feel pretty common, have been around for a long, long time. But looking down at your phone to get from one place to another, putting headphones in to listen to a Spotify playlist, even checking the weather, all of that stuff is superfluous and just a way for you to look at your phone instead of the world around you and to have a phone that really embraces the concept of being in the world is remarkable. Yes, which is why I'm so interested in it because I want to see more things like this in existence where we we can use these tools to connect with people around the world and and get to know people that we've never had a chance to meet face to face. I mean, look at our relationship here. I mean, this this is purely the product of, you know, social media and such. That's where we met each other. So there are good things that can come from that. And I can see how, you know, those threads can continue to to develop. But living in that world day in and day out all day long just doesn't make sense. And I we you can go science article after science article on all the detriments of doing that. But we've belabored that here before. And it seems like there's a growing body of people yeah, exactly. that are interested in this sort of thing. I mean, they hit their campaign goal like right away. So I don't know. I, I'm interested in seeing this thing actually come into reality. And I'm I'm curious to see what they decide to actually put into uh, the final product. As of recording, they had asked for $250,000 and they've made $788,000 and they still have 18 days to go. Jeez. This is definitely something that is interesting people. 2,700 people have backed it. They said that the original light phone had gotten into the hands of about 10,000 people. This was one of the things that we talked about a long time ago. I brought up that phone that was trying to be distraction-less. So on our third episode, I brought up a phone, which is really funny because now I just clicked the link and already the design of it looks pretty dated, which I don't remember thinking not that long ago. But they, they were trying to make a phone that they called quote, for humans. And it was something that was supposed to be very distractionless, keep you away from addictive behaviors, encourage you to have do not disturb type functionality where you would not get any notifications. And unfortunately, that did not work. No one really wanted that phone. And there is a, a major benefit of the marketing of the light phone in essence of it saying, keep what you have and put this on top of it. And I really do think that's a very different concept than this. And building a phone that seems like the iPhone, but not distracting is not as powerful as building a phone that is nothing like the iPhone and 
completely has a different role from it that's completely separate from it. And I think that if projects like this are successful, we're going to find more and more people trying to add this kind of functionality to the phones that we use every day, the iPhones and the Android devices and all of that. So it's really intriguing to me. And I, I think it's interesting that both you and I saw this on our own. You know, if I have a, a request for like a, a new iOS that won't actually come to real life, I know it won't just because it goes against what uh, especially Apple is wanting. But I wish there was like a time trigger similar to like how you set a schedule for do not disturb. I wish you could set a schedule to have different modes on your phone. This is a mode for when I'm in a meeting. If I'm in a meeting, according to my calendar, switch to this mode. I so wish that things like that were possible. But as a developer, I know how complicated those are. <laughs> so, Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think that that would be amazing. And I think that there's a possibility that Apple will do something like that because of all the companies that seem interested in limiting our distraction. They are kind of front and center. But yeah, it's not the priority, right? And even something like Do Not Disturb, I would love to see that get extended out. But I hear that it might actually in iOS 12, but I'm not like holding my breath, hoping that everything is going to change in one iOS release. But right. would you get one of these? Would you get a light phone too? I am debating it. Yeah, I think I'm unsure of it enough. Things like if you're going to allow certain like maps and weather and music, like that makes an impact on whether or not I feel like it's something I would do. and. I'm not certain that I would want it if they include those features. So I think I'm on the fence until they make a decision on what the final product is going to be. But the trouble is, I don't think they're going to decide that until after the campaign is over. So it's kind of like you need to jump in and and foot the bill for something that may or may not actually be what you want. <laughs> so I tend to err on the side of caution with things like that. So I'm Probably not going to back the campaign, but we'll likely hope that they go full retail with it afterwards. But it's still interesting to me that they're potentially paving the way for a new product. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a few problems with this. It's not going to be shipping until estimated April 2019. So it's a ways away for anyone who even backs it right now. And I feel like that's a, a major problem in the world of delivering a phone as we get accustomed to getting a new one every year yeah. to have this phone come out, you know, announce a phone and have it come out in over a year's time seems like a lot could change. Now, again, like I, I don't believe that the iPhone is going to add the functionality or non-functionality, I should say, of the light phone too. But I wish them the best of luck because I think it's a great idea. And this is like, to me, such a great camping or vacationing or just evening walk phone. I would love that. I mean, I've thought about this before. Do you remember a long time ago, there was a interview with the CEO of the company Path that everyone satired for an eternity because in the interview, he said that he had a day phone and a night phone. Do you remember that? Right. It just became sort of a thing to say I have a day phone and a night phone. And it was very much like a, a hubris type of comment. But Man, I wish I had a day phone and a night phone. Yeah. I would love that. I want a <laughs> phone that has all of the stuff that is distracting to me gone. Stuff that's distracting for my evening gone and stuff that's distracting for my working life gone, you know, from one phone or the other. And 
that would be such a great thing. I would I would love it actually, but I don't think that I'm going to end up doing that anytime soon. And I know that even the whole SIM card thing makes that a challenge. But I have thought about doing that recently actually because I use my iPad Pro so often. I've thought about deleting mm-hmm. stuff and the, the problem always with me is that because I end up working in the space of social media, it's hard for me to delete social media for those weird times when I need to post something. And I actually heard that one of those tools, Hootsuite, is integrating the ability to actually push uh, posts directly to Instagram, which has never been possible before. Instagram's always had a really crazily locked down API. And if there was a service that did a really good job, I think I would be very interested in just keeping that on my phone and not having any social networks on there. And then anything that's distracting, just sticking that on my iPad Pro. And if I want to go and see Twitter or I want to go and browse so-and-so or watch YouTube, then I have to go and do it on my iPad. I can't just distract myself in a minute's time. I have to actually go out of my way to do it. I haven't done that, but I've been considering it a lot lately. So I guess I would beg the question, because this is what I'm sitting here mulling over too. There's a couple different paths here. If we're interested in the light phone... I guess the next question there is, well, why not get one of these duplicate SIM cards, buy an old school flip phone with that SIM card in it and run that route? I suppose that would be the somewhat logical <laughs> question there. Maybe it's possible to do that now. Yeah. The fun thing about that is that I remember in that time period, there were some really good luxury flip phones that I always thought were really cool, but I couldn't afford. And I bet, I bet you could have 10 of them these days. Yes. You know, <laughs> you could, you could get whatever flip phone you wanted. Yeah. I bet they, they all run pretty cheap. Get one of the old school razors. <laughs> I actually recently opened a, a drawer at my in-laws house during the holidays and I found a incredibly banged up Motorola razor stuck away in a drawer somewhere and I thought man how long has it nice. been here this thing has been here for a long <laughs> time I bet dead and powered <laughs> off and never to be seen again they all have like the newest Samsung phones and stuff too so they're not you know wandering around on some crappy devices but that thing's just as a castaway in a drawer somewhere yeah but yeah I, I think I think that's true to me at the end of the day for this kind of stuff is why don't I just delete the apps to begin with? Yep. (laughs) That was my next question. (laughs) I I haven't been spending much time on social media lately. A few things have kind of broken for me. I haven't really been enjoying Instagram or Twitter or any of those places as much as I have in the past. That's not to say that I'm perfectly undistracted. And that's not even to say that that's my goal. I think it's fine to be distracted sometimes. I just don't enjoy feeling like I wasted an hour and unhappy with the way that I decided to spend my own time. And I think the fact that thousands and thousands of people are ordering this light phone too shows that I'm definitely not alone. Right. I'm intrigued by the concept of some way to have a device that's not even possible to send notifications to it. That sounds intriguing to me. At the same time, I have to ask the question of myself, if that is something I'm interested in and it's that strong, right. why not just delete all the stuff off my current phone and just make it like that? That seems a bit ludicrous given that I've got an iPhone 10 and then just strip everything off of it. <laughs> like that. It just feels wrong. But it does make you stop and think, like, okay, if this is something that a lot of people are interested in and that I'm interested in, why does it have to be a second device why can't it just be my core and main device 
And if I'm going to use something that's simple or light, uh, to use their terms, that paradigm for my main device, do I need a second one that is designed for distractions? Which I think is what you're getting at with the iPad concept. But I don't think that's a a route that I want to go. It's intriguing. I'll, I'll give you that. But I have to stop and and think through this because I just don't know that I have an answer to what I want in this because I I do like having some of this stuff that easily done through my phone. But at the same time, I like getting the break from it. And I'm not real good about just don't pick it up over the weekends. I'm not good at that. So having something completely separate that it can build a routine around, I think that's why this is appealing. You don't have an Apple Watch, do you? No, I struggle with notifications enough. You don't want to add more notifications on your wrist at all times, tapping you away? Nope, nope. I I see people that tell me that it's great because then you're not picking up your phone during things. I have been in a lot of meetings where people have them, and it is still hyper distracting when they keep looking at their watch to see what the things are looking at the time, like an impatient person with things to do. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's like, come on, dude. Like seriously, it's going to be years and years before that's normalized. And it it honestly might never be normalized. We might have to switch our paradigm to something else, but right. Yeah. I, I am very conscious as an Apple watch user that I cannot do that in a conversation because it is the most, rude thing in the world yeah. to be in the midst of a very intense conversation with somebody and <laughs> check the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. It sends a whole lot of signals to the person on the other side of that that conversation, to be sure. My oldest had a function at church, and I was just hanging out waiting and was talking to somebody, and they had an Apple Watch. And we got into a, a fairly deep conversation. It was kind of a, a fun chat, and they did that. They checked their watch quickly. And the first time I just kind of let it go because I was was like, seriously, that's what was going through my head. It's like, really? Yeah. And the second time that he did it, do you need to go? He's like, oh, no, my wife is texting me. He's like, do you need to go call her something? Oh, no, we're fine. Like, no, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) We're not. We're not. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally understand. I'll go back to my original point, but I, I do have to totally agree with you there. And I think that even is a weirder meta problem. I mean, I was having a conversation with my wife today, she was telling me about a new project that she was really excited about, but it was also as we were getting out the door to go somewhere and I was just trying to pull directions up on my phone and I could tell that she was getting kind of frustrated that I wasn't giving her all of my time. Okay. And it is very much an unsolved problem is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We are all constantly distracted by our devices or doing something multitasking style. We are always flustered when someone else does it. We do it all the time. But when someone else does it to us, it freaks us out. And I I don't think that's great. Yes. We all should be very mindful of that. I I try my best to never look at my watch or pick up my phone when I'm talking to someone else because I know that it weirds me out when someone does it to me. But the reason that I brought that up is because a friend of mine has loved his Apple Watch for the non-notification. He has an Apple Watch and he basically has absolutely nothing that gets through via notifications. But he has everything he needs on there. So he has his, he can make phone calls, he can send text messages, he can do all of that. And he puts his watch on in the morning and doesn't actually look at his phone for a good couple of hours. And that saves him from the distracted feelings while still giving him access to the stuff that he needs the most. And he admits, and I probably would agree that you look a little silly when you're trying to 
type away at a text message or, you know, talk on the phone through your watch. But it is better for him to do that than it would be to give in to the notifications and phone completely. It's just an interesting concept. And again, it's the same kind of thing as the light phone. There are multiple devices now that are helping you get away from the full complexity, the full level of distraction that the internet has for you at any time. I think for that concept to work with the Apple Watch bit, I think for that to work, you have to be very comfortable and okay with the the voice dictation process. And that has to be something you do regularly and are fairly skilled at. I don't ever do it. <laughs> like I'm not a uh, I'm not someone who uses these voice systems really at all. I will do it on occasion when I'm driving just to get something into drafts quickly. But outside of that, I don't I don't really do anything voice at all. So the concept of handling text messages on my watch just seems kind of ridiculous to me. So I, I can't say that that's a, a piece that I would be interested in. I'm curious about his process for because I guess the watch ends up in his case being something that allows him to get phone calls essentially without having his phone around. But I don't know. To me, that seems like a very small feature for the high cost of getting into an Apple watch. I've just never been able to justify it. And paying the LTE monthly fee that the Apple watch now has, which is pretty exorbitant for the little that it does. And I'm sure will be reduced. It's like $10 a month for a lot of the carriers, I believe. So that's, that's a bit much for the occasional phone call that you'll take when you're, when you're not around your watch. But yeah, I mean, I just, I think that there is a divide happening in the market where people are starting to realize that it's not fun to be distracted all the time and people are looking for an out. And it's a weird reality that it's going to be solved by a bit of consumerism because people are going to be willing to sell those frustrated people another device on top of the one that they're already being sold. But I'm happy for it because it's going to diversify the market and people are going to start seeing that they're happier when they have less. And I think that's a very good thing. And I, I'm interested in it. I'm interested to see what it does. I suppose that's the irony of it. We want to be less distracted, so thus we need to purchase another device. I don't think that I'm going to have a light phone. I don't think that I am going to have an LTE Apple Watch anytime soon. I don't think that I'm going to delete Twitter, at least right now, from my phone. But I do think that I am on the road to trying and making more healthy decisions with the way that I spend my time on my phone. And even the stuff like what you talked about earlier, that log, which I haven't been doing consistently, partially because the last month of my life has been pretty wild. I've had just a lot of stuff that doesn't usually come up. I haven't really been able to settle into any type of routine for the last month. But I want to spend more time doing what I love and less time feeling distracted and like I'm just browsing along. And I think that's a sentiment that people, a lot of people are sharing with me. And I think it's something that you and I talk about quite often. And I think we talk about it because it's really important. And I I have no problem with that at all. So the more stuff like this I see in the world, the more interested I am in what else is going to get developed next. And I'm sure that someone is looking at the Light Phone 2's success and planning their own product or feature or concept. And that's a that's remarkable. That's really remarkable. I'll never forget a long time ago, you talked to me about you wisely chastised me a bit for feeling the need to put a podcast or a, a song in my ears every single minute. And I've never forgotten that. And I've really been better about that. Yes. And it was something that I'd gotten very accustomed to. And I let that habit 
wear off until it's not something I would ever dream of doing now. And I can have, imagine I can have us a whole 10 minutes of silence, you know, without the need to turn something on to distract myself. And I think that my days are better for it. I don't feel like I'm perfectly distractionless, but I definitely feel like I am not quite as scatterbrained or full of a need for distraction in the first place. And that's a that's a serious victory. No, it's it's interesting how if you get used to doing some like doing the silence in the car sort of thing, if you do that enough, you get used to it. And then after a while, it starts to be kind of odd to not have that silence. Absolutely. And it feels like you don't have a chance to think through things clearly because it fills up your head in a weird way. Like uh, writers talk about this a lot. Like if you're going to play background music while you're writing, mm-hmm. typically when you really get into it, you can't listen to music that has words on it when you're writing. It just infects some of the words that you're thinking of, whether you're paying attention to it or not. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And the more silence in my life, the better. 